Welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast, the podcast in which Stephen Altrogi, Barnabas Piper, and Ted Cluck cheerfully rant about all the things that don't matter all that much. And now, buckle up for today's episode. Folks, this is not Stephen Altrogi back. This is Ted Cluck. Uh, joined, as always, by my good friends Barnabas Piper and Ronnie Martin. Fellas, uh, how are you today? I'm doing splendidly. How are you, Ronnie? Um, you know, I'm hanging in there. I was just been on the edge of my seat since the uh, debut broadcast last week. So mm. this is a big moment. This means I wasn't just a flash in the pan. It means that I'm, I'm part of the club and my life now has meaning. Now, and- Ronnie, how has your, your life changed since you've been on the program? I mean, I know that, that often in entertainment we, we think about the meteoric rise and, and how, cha- how fame really changes people. And uh, I just want to know how you've dealt with that this last week. It's been difficult, and uh, I, you know I think we need to take the whole program to just really dive and delve into that subject. But I'm just going to say that I, you know there's a, there's a lot going on in my life right now. There's a lot of yeah. things I'm, I'm dealing with. I wasn't I really prepared for the onslaught of uh, <laughs> you know uh, you know celebrity favor that's been thrust. Are you upon getting me, some good so. accountability at your church? I hope. I'm trying, except it's a church plant, and I'm the only guy on staff, so that makes it really difficult to to, to go after the accountability piece. Dude, but, nobody's you know, leaning into this subject with you, man. Nobody can. You know, maybe that can kind of be one of the subjects we talk about today. Oh. Help Ronnie find some accountability. Yeah, somebody yeah. needs to somebody needs to walk Ronnie's journey of fame with him. That's right, man. Because this is a journey of fame. You need a little fame. more. Uh, you need a little more life on life, uh, Ronnie. That's what you need. Barnabas, I'm all ears. If you if you have any advice, I'm all ears. Well, maybe Ted and I can help with this because you know we've been there before. We've we've uh, sort of ridden the wave of fame. We've learned how to deal with it. We've uh, we've had to cut ties with some hangers on. Um, yeah. And you know, Stephen couldn't handle it. That's uh, that. That's the whole rehab thing. That's no. You couldn't up- handle the excesses, Ronnie. Uh, it's you know, yeah. The I mean, demands that this job makes on you. It's unbelievable. Yeah, well, I want to learn from Al Trogues. I want to. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to fall down into the the pit of despair that he obviously has found himself. Well, step one is, right is don't get a pile of cocaine and roll around in it. That's oh, okay. That doesn't All go right. well in in any circumstance, really. So let's avoid that. Let's just like baseline. Excellent. You know, guys, all, all this talk of excess and fame and celebrity reminds me of, uh, of a couple of things that we need to do from a business standpoint, Barnabas, and that is to uh, throw a little love to our sponsors. Yes, we do. So two sponsors. Uh, the, the first is the same sponsor who we've had for the last several episodes, and that's Lemon Street Mobile. You can find out details about their services at lemstreet.com. It's a, they provide uh, protection plans for cell phones as well as doing trade-in services, and their prices are way, way cheaper than what you get through a service provider. So uh, check them out. That's lemstreet.com. And if you decide to go with their service, which we strongly encourage you to do, you can get a 10% discount on any service that they offer by using the code HAPPYRANT when you check out. So lemstreet.com, check out their rates. It's really, really good. Their service is good. It's run by a Christian guy um, who uses his business to get access to the community, make some really good connections. Um, All in all, a really cool business. Lemstreet.com, check out their services, and then use the code HAPPYRANT. And then we also want to thank Resonate Recordings. They're the folks who uh, take our our Lamo Skype recordings and make them sound uh, as good as they possibly can. And so they do services for churches who are putting out sermon audio. If you wanted to start your own podcast in competition with ours, they could help you sound as good as we sound. 
Uh, but they also you, you will sound that good for about three weeks until we crush you. That's right. Until until you peter out uh, just like Stephen did. Um, oh. oh, shots fired. Um, they also they also help artists put out their albums. So there's a couple artists they they asked us to highlight. One is Whitney Bozarth, and the other is Adrian Mathania. And I'm probably butchering those names. I'll drop links to their albums in the show notes that we put up on the Blazing Center. But you can listen to both those albums for free at uh, at Bandcamp. So Whitney Bozarth, Adrian Mathania, those are put out by Resonate Recordings. We'll put links in the show notes. Check those out. Both of them are really talented artists. I just went and listened to it before we started recording just to make sure that I could actually recommend them, and I can. They're both really good. So thanks to Resonate Recordings for all their help with everything, too. And Barnabas, as always, I mean, part of this just meteoric rocket ship ride that we're that we're on together man involves uh just kind of the the continual cultivation of sponsors and sponsorships so we've we've had uh, we've had a sponsor for about the last year man it's uh it's crazy you know i'm i you walk around with this uh you know reduced cost cell phone plan and you 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 know you think much of yourself but uh, i don't want to take that for granted so no, if anybody I mean, is uh the five dollars yeah. you're saving a month on an, on on the uh the coverage plan can you can really do a lot with that, uh, and and you have to use it use it wisely, Ronnie. Like I know that that's something that uh, that you're not accustomed to. So that's there's going to be temptations to coming your yeah. way that you're that yeah that just you haven't dealt with before. So. Yeah, and I'm just used to you know I, I'm used to just spending frivolously, you know, just throwing <laughs> around money like mud. Well, on so those trips to Fort Wayne, man, church, absolutely. Church that's something are, that I need a lot of prayer over. That's mm. a lucrative business, the church planting business. I mean, it's really why it's so popular these days. Is uh, people people know where the big bucks are, so I can understand the temptation. Yeah, you plant a church, and a few years, you know, afterwards, you you start plotting your retirement. I think that's how it's generally. Well, but I think to... the fall is that you plant a church. You know, you make X amount of dollars each year, and your in your salary as a pastor, and you probably spend. 125% of that on like flannel shirts and red wing boots and, and, you know, beard trimming supplies, et cetera. So it's, it's tough being a church planner, I think, from a budgeting standpoint, isn't it? It, it is. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's something where, you know, a lot of wisdom, a lot of discernment, <laughs> a lot of meetings, a lot of, a lot of coffee, a lot of meetings, uh, you know, a lot of coffee. We do that just to figure out how it is we're spending all of those excess dollars. And now, it, gentlemen, speaking. But it's only pour over coffee. Let's just be clear. Like, you have, you have to have standards. Absolutely. Guys, speaking of coffee, man, one of the one of the perks of being a college professor is that often my students will bring me coffee, uh, which I very much appreciate. But uh, this last week, they came into class and they said, uh, "They said, Cluck, what do you think about uh, the Starbucks coffee cup controversy?" And um, I wasn't aware that there was a controversy uh, with Starbucks and their and their coffee cups. So uh, Barnabas, set this up for us, man. What uh, what's going on with Bucks? And uh, how are we supposed to feel about it? Because as reformed guys, it's our job to tell uh, everyone how to feel about everything. Yes, yeah. I mean, our, we just have a blog template that's how Christians should think about, and then we just fill in the blank. So this is how Christians should think about uh, Starbucks red cups. So Absolutely. first things first, uh, Starbucks came out uh, with their holiday cup, which of course it's holiday, not Christmas. So there's failing number one. They they have they have mm. abandoned Jesus, um, and it's it's basically a blank red cup that it has sort of a gradation from from dark red to light red. So sort of this minimalist look, and yeah. uh, I don't think anybody thought anything of it except for a gentleman named I believe his name is Joshua Feuerstein, who oh, is Josh. 
I don't I don't really know what Josh does besides make uh, conservative outlandish statements to his 1.2 million Facebook followers or whatever it is. <laughs> he he's just one of these guys who has influence for no particular reason and he stirred up that they had sort of moved away from any holiday themed thing and so he just he created a controversy out of nothing. But what actually created the controversy was the people shooting down the controversy. Mm-hmm. Nobody's angry about this. Look around. I mean, if you go like scroll through a Facebook feed, you will see ten posts of people saying this is not a big deal to every right. post saying what's the deal. And then you have the people shooting down the people shooting down the people and going, Oh my goodness, so much self righteousness and smugness, this is ridiculous. So our role in all of this is to shoot down the people, shooting down the people, shooting down the people, shooting down the cups. And that is what we are here to do today. So our role, just to be clear, is to shoot down everyone. Am (laughs) I right on that? Line them up and and just one bullet straight through all of them. Just gun them down. That's, That's the idea here. So I think I think the where we start with this though is we all know that that Christians love online controversy we've talked in the past about how our response to things usually raises awareness instead of crushing it so when we come back at things and we're like that's awful we're actually bringing more people to the controversy than than alleviating it but what i found interesting about this one is that the controversy escalated with people who were saying this shouldn't be a controversy right and that became the issue and that's it was a very very strange dynamic because I don't think anybody actually cares about the cups. I think we can all agree on that, except for for the Führer. I mean Fierstein. So um, yeah, I don't know that that was a strange dynamic that we've now shifted to shooting down outrage and getting outraged about outrage. You know, I think it's proof that we can just be smug about literally anything we want to be smug about. You know, and I I had a guy send me a thing, man. I'm going to read this. I thought this was fascinating. He he said this. I haven't seen a single friend post a critique of Starbucks cups, but I've seen a million people patting themselves on the back for not caring what's on their Starbucks cup. I think right now the Christian cliche is to critique the Christian cliche. It's a new trend for Christians to grasp at the slightest rumor of Christians being ridiculous as an excuse to rant about their super insightful perspective on what really matters. You are not insightful. You are the cliche. And wow. uh, yeah, that, that really rang true to me, man, because being that I spend the majority of my day with like college sophomores, you know, there, there's a lot of like kind of the college sophomore smugness in, in that, you know, just the, the sense that, you know, we're here at a Christian college, but everybody wants to sort of at the same time distance themselves from, you know, whatever they perceive as lame or, you know, not, not cool or not culturally aware about Christians. So it's this real like, you know, kind of dicey path of, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I'm quick to point out the 150 ways that I don't identify with other Christians, man. It's really confusing and it can be really exhausting. Yeah, it sounds, yeah, absolutely. It's grasping at wind, isn't it? I, I just think what it speaks into is generally how bored we are. We're, yeah. so, we're so utterly, the absurdity of boredom in the, in the sense that we can carry on with every other aspect and facet of our Christian lives, but this is something that's going to keep us moderately amused in mm. the minute, you know, in the minutiae of our days. And um, just literally talking about people who are talking about people who are talking about people who are talking about nothing. Like this right. has, 
Like this does nothing for us in a spiritual sense. I mean, I know we can kind of probe the depths of it in a, in a, in a spiritual sense. What, like, what is really being like, you know, sort of drug up and unearthed here? But um, you know, just my first thought about it was, man, are we so bored as a Christian culture that we mm-hmm. complain about things that are not even complainable? I you think, know? It, yeah, I, I think it's the ease with which we can critique things that take no investment. Absolutely. There, there yeah. is no risk in shouting at Starbucks about their cups because Starbucks, they're an unassailable entity. There's no risk in shouting at the people shouting about the cups because it all happens online. Your investment is the amount of time it takes to write a post. Like if, if you want to take on an actual social issue or a justice cause and invest in that, well, that's a risk because it takes money or time or, or energy or actual emotional energy. And this just takes – this is an easy way – to platform your opinion about something and and make yourself look a certain way uh, with zero investment at all. Well, you know, right? and maybe it's a maybe it's a condom. You know, and maybe I'm I'm risking condemning this entire program that we do now at the same time. But it, but I think really what it what it uproots too is how easily we um you know we're we're part of a uh, cynical generation. You know, so cynicism. You know, Christians are have become very cynical people. And I think when we become this cynical at the drop of a hat that is so irrelevant, I mean, I think it really, it's just grabbing at something deeper, whereas the culture has really informed who we are rather than the, than the flip, you know? Barnabas, we've, we've begged this question on, on this program before, but is this a thing that just doesn't even exist without the internet and without social media? Yeah, I just, it, like like so many faux controversies, they they can only live in the internet space because otherwise what happens is a real person talks to a real person and says, I find this cup offensive, and the second real person says, shut up, you're an idiot. Like yeah. that's – like stop talking about this or, they, or there's an eye roll or like that's, that's right. all – and it just sort of ends. Or an awkward silence. Or, yeah. or somebody tries to write an open letter to a newspaper, you know, an editorial. This is why I think we should boycott Starbucks because they have red cups. And the editors at the newspaper go, seriously, we're not going to publish that. Yeah, as they're, as they're sipping their latte from That's the right. red cup. Yeah, as they, <clears throat> from their, and honestly, the red cups look pretty nice. I think they look nicer than the ones with the, uh, the snowflakes and stuff Yeah, can on. we talk about that from an aesthetic point? Because here's my experience with it. So I'm driving down to the Sojourn Network in Louisville. I got a five-hour drive, and I pull into Starbucks, obviously, to fuel up. And they give me the red cup, which always fills my heart with a little Christmas joy at this time of the year. You're anticipating, a guy, big because you're going to skip. You're just skipping Thanksgiving and going straight to uh, straight to Christmas. I'm not even skipping Thanksgiving. I just know they don't offer Thanksgiving cups, so I'm trying to be optimistic about the process. And uh, so I get my Christmas cup, and it's solid red. And I'm li- this is funny. So I literally te- I literally take a picture of it. I text my wife, and I go. Dude, Starbucks is awesome and like minimal this year. Look at what they did with their with their color palette. So I'm all super stoked and hyped about it because it kind of fits into my sort of like stylistic aesthetic. And I'm like, I love how they did this. And then of course, you know, a week later, all of it all of it breaks. There's no snowflakes. There's no snowmen. There's no peace on earth, goodwill to men. So really, this is your fault, Ronnie, because you like these. I think it was my you're, fault. You're furthering. You're furthering the problem. Well, I mean, I heard from the Fuhrer right after I texted my yeah. wife on that. So somehow he was able to uh, <laughs> to feed into my text and, and get get angry. Do you think he can sue us for calling him the Fuhrer? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we'll run that yeah, let's risk. Let's apologize. I guess, but... Let's make the blanket apology that we always make on this program. I'm sorry which... he feels that way. I apologize. Well, I mean, who, to when we say for... Fuhrer, who are we talking about now? I don't even know who we're talking about. I don't remember the name you said. I don't. 
I don't have any recollection of that of the of the name. Well, hopefully, well, here's the deal. I hope he gets really, really angry and posts about us because then we'll get a lot of downloads. So I'd be totally down with that. That's true. And and dude, speaking of downloads, man, you uh, you shared an interesting uh, statistic off the air before we uh, before we went live today, and that is uh, on on release day. Typically for our our podcast, we get. Uh, around 800 downloads on release day, and then like uh, usually upwards of 3,000 for each episode. Is that uh, yeah? Just like over, right over the course of yeah, over the course of uh, over the course of a month, it's you know, it's or between episodes, it's it's between two and three thousand, something like that. Which means there's a lot of people who are either doing us a huge favor and downloading this on every single device they have, or there's a lot of people who like us, which is uh, maybe even more baffling. Kind of Probably the see. former. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, but, I know I yeah. do. I, I've subscribed to this. I downloaded on my computer, my phone, uh, two different apps on my phone actually, and uh, and usually an iPad too. So I I contribute for and the other twenty five hundred times where Stephen downloading. That's right. You know, one I was going to say Piper. So for you, you're downloading it how many times? Seven hundred and seventy three or four times? Or? Yeah, like annually, I'm probably a thousand downloads or something like that. So nice. I mean, go. gotta gotta bump the stats. Well, guys, I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling a little under the weather today, man. And one of the things that I like to do when I'm when I'm feeling this way is to uh, to read things that are fawning and complimentary about myself. Um, and Barnabas, you uh, you you put a few of these things in front of me today, man. You put some uh, some iTunes reviews of uh, of the program of the Happy Rant. And uh, if you haven't done so, listeners, uh, go into iTunes, give us five stars, say some. Uh, kind of fawning and complimentary things about us, and uh, and we will probably read those on the air. And uh, that's what I want to do right now, guys. I want to read some of these and just get your uh, get your responses to them. Okay, absolutely. I love getting my back scratched. Yeah, right. This is a five star man. This is from uh, a, a poster, a listener called Hello Jenny Fair, and the title is so so amusing. She writes, "So glad I stumbled upon this podcast this evening." It's a particularly grueling night at work, short staff and swamped, blah, 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 sob story here. And instead of whining in my head for the past 45 minutes, I've popped in my earbuds and I'm trying not to snicker too loudly because having to explain half of the content to my coworkers would involve little more than me saying, quote, I don't know, it's just a dorky Christian thing. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> Two thumbs up. So, uh, Jenny, <laughs> Do we even so need much, to read Jenny anything else up. after that? I know. I'm about to drop my microphone right here. Isn't that great? That, that makes me feel really good because, because we genuinely lifted somebody's spirits uh, with our own brand of dorky Christian snark. And uh, like that, was a, that sums us up really, really well, too. I mean, hopefully a little bit amusing. Definitely a little bit dorky. Although that was before Stephen left. So, Ronnie, you might have to up the dork factor a little bit. Yeah, I think um, the dorkiness factor may, may have taken a hit with Stephen leaving the program. And, Ted, just a, a quick critique. If you could make the transitions between topics a little bit more uh, stilted and awkward, that that would oh, bring yeah, some absolutely. of the dorky in as well. That's good radio. That's just good radio. I, I will try that, man. I'm sorry I haven't been more stilted and awkward, you guys. But it's true. I mean, I mean, I'm trying to imagine somebody. So I don't know. It sounds like she's working in an office context or something, trying to explain what they're listening to to somebody who is completely outside the Christian sphere. And it would be, uh, it would be really difficult. That's yeah. Uh, I think that. I think that sort of. What I like about that is it sort of it, it gives us a category for this thing that we're doing being just basically indefinable. And I like that. Yeah. So instead of her whining in her head for 45 minutes, she listens to us whining on the air for 45 minutes. So 
Uh, let me give you another one, guys. This one's uh, from a guy named Barry Dean. Uh, it's called My Favorite Go-To Podcast, also five stars. Uh, here He says, I have a 40-minute commute, so I listen to podcasts and sermons quite a bit. I listen to everything from Stuff You Should Know to Gut Check Podcasts and Matt Chandler Sermons to John MacArthur Sermons. And I find myself looking for Happy Rant updates more often than all. And he says, please do episodes more frequently. Keep up the groovy sarcasm and witty, light, nihilistic rant. <laughs> I <laughs> By mean, the way, oh, Barnabas ahead. Piper and Ted Cluck, stop picking on Stephen Altrogi. Homeschooling saves lives. Well, that problem solved itself. So, uh... yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, that's phenomenal that we get a Johnny Mac listener that's plugging in going, I appreciate the humor. I mean, there's some, there's some irony going on right there. There's a lot going on there with Barry Dean, isn't there? Do you think yeah. that if you listened to, uh, to John MacArthur sermons regularly, you would also need a dose of nihilistic humor? Yeah, but I just think being a guy listening to Johnny Mac in the first place would sort of necessitate against me being the type of person wanting nihilistic humor. You know what I'm saying? It's that's baffling for me. Dude, Barry is a complicated individual. He is complicated. I think that's the, Com- that's the complex, home. well-rounded. Yeah. And, you know, I've known Barry. I've known Barry for years now, and it's true. I mean, he, he's uh, we're not going to yeah. be able to get our heads wrapped around the. The, the, yeah, the complexities of Barry's mind. He's do an think, enigma. Do you think there's a deep story behind homeschooling saves lives? I'm curious what's happened in Barry's life that makes him um, <laughs> feel like he's his a life has genuinely been saved by by yeah. educating at home and sheltering one's children from the world. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would love to hear about that, man. Maybe we can get him on the program to talk about that. Hey, because, yeah. Barry, jump on, uh, jump on Twitter and hit up at Happy Rant Pod and, uh, and let us know what it is about homeschooling that saved a life. Because if it's real, it's a story yeah. we should tell. And if it's not real, it's a story we'll make fun of. And either one is fantastic. Absolutely. Barry, we need you to draw some video. lines between Happy Rant, Matt Chandler, Johnny Mac, and, uh, you know... I mean, uh, Stuff You Should Know is a smart podcast. Like That's like a well-researched, <laughs> really smart podcast. And uh, that has nothing to do with us whatsoever. Guys, let's get uh, let's get another one here. Uh, this is from Jonathan Mooney, another five-star. He says, snarky and amazing. Uh, he writes, this is my favorite Christian podcast. I love the biting sarcasm, the acidic wit that's combined with serious thought and reflection on important issues. Whenever this podcast releases a new episode, I stop whatever I'm listening to and turn it on. That's saying something because I currently subscribe to, wait for it, 73 podcasts. <laughs> Good gravy. <laughs> This one is my favorite. Keep up the good work, guys. I'm loving every minute of it. Fellas, he had me at acidic wit. Yes. Yeah. Acidic, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's normally a compliment, but I think in our context, it's uh, it's perfect. Yeah, I'll take it as a compliment. Man, 70, what do you say, 73 podcasts? 73, man, Goodness, 73. I, I'm an avid podcast listener, and I think I subscribe to between 30 and 40, and I... I don't listen to most of them regularly. I just it gives me the option. It's like having a library. Seventy three is like an unmanageable number. That's that's enormous. a crazy number, man. That's a crazy number. Barnabas, let me give you one more. You're gonna love this one because right. it references uh, someone near and dear to your Ooh, heart. Yes. This is called uh, an oasis of self deprecation and biting sarcasm. Five stars. Ooh, another biting one. I like this. I know. I, and you guys, just as a as a footnote, I don't feel like we're very biting. I feel like I like. I rein myself in big time on this program. <laughs> no, this like is, if, if this these is people me heard me in nice. real life, it would, yeah. be, it would be appalled. I think. Yeah, I feel very rainy. I mean, I you know I have to preach in three <laughs> days. I, I feel very rainy in e. 
Yeah. 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 You don't want the guilt of, of this program hanging over your head when you're in the pulpit on Sunday morning. I, I think Absolutely. That, I think these reviews speak to, um, you know, earlier Barry said homeschooling saves lives. I think it also shelters people from sarcasm because these yeah. people think that this is shockingly sarcastic. And I would say, yeah, like this is this is run of the mill conversation if for listeners ears. This yeah, is not sort sure. of a this is not sort of a inner circle how I actually talk when I'm with people who and there's not there's not a, a public listening audience. So, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm interested at the amount of people who think we're very biting. So Barnabas, now we're trying said, to tell people, hey, this is not biting. Everybody out there listening right now, this is not right. what's called sarcasm. Let us We should do like an unedited <laughs> raw version of our conversation at some Cause point. Because reform yeah. guys like to even tell you what you're allowed to think is sarcasm and that's, funny. That's right. Exactly. This exactly. is this is yeah, this is like sarcasm one oh one. Welcome to sarcasm. This is how it works. Yeah, this is like freshman level survey sarcasm. You know, we'll get we'll get deep into graduate level sarcasm later. But uh here, here's a five-star review from uh, Soccer Dad's Rule Forever 74 is the screen name. <laughs> That's Steven, isn't it? Yeah, it's got to be Steven. Home, a homeschool saves lives 74. That's Steven's <laughs> handle, actually. But uh, this is called An Oasis of Self-Deprecation and Biting Sarcasm. He writes this, as a recovering John Piper impersonator. Parenthetical, is, that, is that a job? Yeah, I guess, I guess it is a job. He says, I still do birthday parties. It was, refre- <laughs> it was refreshing to listen to these guys. Actually, some of these homeschool kids I know probably would hire a John Piper oh. impersonator for their, for their birthday parties. Um, it was refreshing to listen to these guys rant and pick at each other. Again, I think the picking is going to go down now that, now that Steven's not on the program. Uh, they do a good job of not staying on a topic too long and even at times leaving you wanting a bit more discussion. I appreciate the balance they bring to the Reformed evangelical scene along with mocking some of its goofy excesses. One of my favorite segments has been when they read bad reviews of their books. So <laughs> that's, that's it, man. From well, soccer at, at the risk of getting more bad reviews, that is a lot of fun. And uh, I think we may be running out. So if somebody wants to write some bad reviews, we'll read them. Yes. Um, you know, somebody just needs to hate our books a little bit. Speaking of books, total parenthetical yeah. thing. Uh, we never did mention that Ronnie is also an author and uh, and so we should give his book some props. What is it called? Stop complaining. Quit complaining. Don't complain. I forget the exact title, Ronnie. What yeah, stop your complaining. Stop that's your the complaining. One. That's the title. That's and dude, uh, I can actually say too, with all earnestness, that I'm uh, I'm reading the book right now, man, and it's actually it's blowing my mind. It's a really really good read, and I don't just say that because uh, because Big R is a dear friend, but uh, yeah, I got it's a, a great read, man. I got a chance to read it as well, and uh, the only negative critique I have is that it was a little bit too convicting, which. Yeah. It's also one of those books that's a little bit awkward to give to somebody. It's like giving them a stick of deodorant. It's like, here, you really need this. But So buy it for yourself instead of for a friend. Stop your complaining. Really good book. So just wanted to Thanks, highlight guys. that because uh, we, Ronnie's new enough to the podcast that we haven't talked about his uh, his many accomplishments yet. And we assume people just know. Right. You know, because there's such a following around this program. We just assume people know. Or just and go look do. it up. Like when but you it, was hear- nice. it was cute of you guys to... Give me some props there. So yeah, yeah, you know, no problem. <laughs> Back to John Piper impersonators. I yeah, like this. What? And what? Barnabas, Barnabas, Barnabas should be. I mean, could you? I mean, is there a chance that you could be like the ace John Piper impersonator? Uh, of no, all time? I can't imitate my dad. Not give me. I mean, give us something right now. Give us something. No, seriously, I can't do it. There are people who. There are people who are. So. 
a whole bunch of people who have gone through like the pastoral training stuff at, at Bethlehem Baptist, uh, his his church, are either on purpose or by accident phenomenal impersonators of his. And I can't do it. Yeah. Like I just I can do the hand motions and stuff because everybody knows like the the karate chopping and all this stuff, the gesticulations. But uh, that, Dude, let me, that's let me just, just a say stunning. This. That's a stunning statement to me. Maybe my head's been in the sand. If if you want to see a John Piper impersonator, just go to any small or mid-sized Reformed church in the Midwest on any <laughs> given Sunday, and you'll probably see one in the pulpit. Fair point. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I've always said this, and Pipe, this will probably offend you, but it's <laughs> you know because my, as you said last week, my days are numbered on this program. As soon as Trogues wants to come back, so that's right. I mean, yeah. we're, all, we're all at the whims of Trogues. Know, in, in our area, you were either a Piper or a Sproul guy, and uh, you know, I, I I probably know how to impersonate Sproul because I, I kind of came into reformed them through Sproul, not Piper. So it's a uh, it's it's a uh, it's it's an interesting thing, and what I would like us to be able to someday do is get a Piper and a Sproul impersonator on the program and have a little duel. Have a little have a little like preach off. Dueling reformed him, man. I love it. Absolutely. And doesn't it follow, Ronnie, that like south of the Mason Dixon line you're a Sproul guy and north you're a Piper guy, probably. You is, know, I always that heard of... that. I just yeah, yeah, I just don't know what it what it is. I think it know? also depends on if you're Baptistic or Presbyterian. Because... Which I'm neither, so I don't I don't really know where that comes from. But I just mean like I mean? depending on which sort of two of both of those are entrance ways into the reformed world and one of you know, my dad's Baptistic and Sproul's more Presbyterian, and so they, you know, they they're going to have an attachment there. Uh, I will say this, and we should probably stop talking about Piper impersonators because we're going to bore people, um, <laughs> or we're going to bore me. Um, if you have had a Piper impersonator at a birthday party, you need to reconsider your life choices. Actually, you, you also need to tweet at the program, and we need to have you on. Because yes, I, I feel like that's a story that I would love to cover too. Yeah, meaning that your life choice has led you to instant fame and stardom on the Happy Rant. So let's get you on here ASAP. But, Absolutely, man. You can grow your platform. You can be, you know, famous, excessive people like we are. Did you say excessive? Excessive. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. That's the cold medicine talking, guys. Let's <laughs> uh, let, let's transition into our last topic, man. Speaking of you know, kind of the human heart and, uh, and depravity and all the craziness that goes along with that. Uh, another thing that's, that's come up in, in class this week has been uh, the controversy going on at the University of Missouri in which some uh, high-level administrators have resigned uh, amid protests and allegations that the school wasn't doing uh, enough to kind of address its racial issues. What do you guys? Uh, what do you guys make of this, man? I feel like there are so many moving parts here and so many different angles. Uh, there are probably a lot of different ways to talk about this, but I'm curious as to how uh, how you guys are thinking about it. I, I think I had I had two initial reactions, and they were almost simultaneous. One was one was sort of a gut reaction of of feeling nervous, just mm. in the sense of the speed with which a group of in this case, college students, but I mean, it could, it could apply to basically people who don't have positional authority. They're not in a position to, to make decisions and, and force people out. The speed with which they can gain influence and make change happen. So yeah. it was just sort of a, it's unsettling. Yeah. But yeah. That was my reaction too in class. Like I, I just said to my students, man, it's, it's really easy to get someone fired these days. You know, um, that was one reaction. The other reaction I had was, if if that football team hadn't played on Saturday, it would have literally been the biggest story in college football yes. in forever. 
So yeah, so the the thing that just for for listeners who don't know the whole story, the tipping point when I think his name Tim uh, Tim somebody that the university president stepped down, and it was within a day or two of the Missouri football team saying we will neither practice nor play until this issue is resolved and basically called for his resignation. And the crazy thing was they did it with the backing of their coach and the athletic director, both of whom are white. So this is a racial conflict and the white head coach, the white athletic director back the minority football players. And that was the leverage that seemed to tip things. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy kind of meditation on leverage. And, and who has power in a situation like that? And, you know, really you think about the revenue that's involved in big-time college sports and, you know, these athletes as, as individuals don't have much power. You know, as an mm-hmm. individual college athlete, you're sort of at the – You're a pawn. You're a pawn. You're at the whims of your coaches and your athletic department. You can't make any money off your name. But all of a sudden as a collective, you see um, just how powerful these guys were, man. It, it, it really was a was a crazy thing and really interesting to to keep an eye on. Big R, what do you think about all this stuff? Oh, gosh, man. I just feel like I'm the watchdog on the program to make sure it doesn't get too sporty. But I guess it goes yeah. around sports. <laughs> Take us away from sports, man. Oh, I don't know. You know, I think, you know, I think, Piper's, you know, initial reaction was kind of similar to mine. It just, I just think like, okay, what what are the implications of something, you know, happening this quickly, and what does that mean now? Where does it, you know, what what does it mean for people around the country, around the world that are facing similar, uh, you know, difficulties in the area of, of racial reconciliation and how fast. I mean, I think it was the speed at which it happened, like Barnabas was talking about, which you just kind of go, what does that mean for us in this particular day and age? You know, and again, just moving beyond that, you know, if it's this today, what will it be tomorrow? You know, uh, you know, a a major like, you know, coffee company deciding to like, you know, have a certain color cup and everybody freak out about it. I mean, like what, (laughs) like how do these things end up like turning over? What's funny is that as quickly as things happen, they also turn over quickly. Nobody's probably going to be talking about Missouri in two weeks, you know? And so I think the, the rate and the speed at which they come in and then drift out, I think is really interesting, you know, given everything we've been talking about today, actually. I think, I think one thing that if to, you know, we've sort of talked about the the nerve wracking aspect of it, the thing that's unsettling. But there was a couple things that stood out to me that I think are really telling. And one is that uh, we are all three middle class, thirty uh, something ish white guys, which means that I think we need to check our unsettledness and say, are we unsettled because we're part of the institution of power in this country, and that's what was rattled? And so, you know, because because this is a victory for minority students who felt that they were facing injustice and and there was evidence to that to that effect. And so they don't feel unsettled. They feel a a sense of progress. Mm. I mean, I'm sure not settled. I'm sure they want to see a lot of progress made. But I mean, they, they feel a sense of progress. And so do do we are we able to empathize with that that's one i think question we need to consider as people from the majority culture and the other is i think the students need to be commended because of the way that they went about their um their protest and their strike it was it was peaceful there was no yeah. damage done there's as far as i know there was very little confrontation of any kind that was attacking anybody it yeah. was they, – they, they had a goal. They pursued it. They wanted to see change happen. They did it in some extreme ways in terms of the football team going to the extreme that they could. And one, one student was on a hunger strike 
uh, and wouldn't eat until the president stepped down. But all of that is nonviolent. All of that is non-aggressive and non-threatening. And I think that's part of the reason it was so effective because nobody could disparage them and say, oh, they're just rabble-rousers or thugs right. or the, the narrative right. that is often thrown at uh, minorities who who protest. So I think that's I think that's something that's to be commended as well. Those are fair points. Yeah, I think the other thing though too that strikes me is that we're not we're never given any time to like think and reflect about these things. And even right now, you know, we're doing on a, we're doing a podcast which is nearing its end minutes. And even being faced with something that you know maybe in the grand scheme of things, I don't know how monumental this particular protest is going to be in the grand scheme of history. But at the same time. You know, I'm somebody that needs some time to like think and process these things, but we're, we're really not given a lot of time to like step back and sort of accumulate like a good opinion. And I think what you just brought up, uh, Pipe, is is good. I think that's I think you're on point with that or on fleek with that. If I can get real trendy, Ooh, and um, but uh, but I, I I need time. I need time to process these things, and um, I don't think we're given that that time. We have to react immediately, and then we get condemned if our reactions are a little off point because again. We had to come up with those opinions in minus five seconds. You know? Yeah, and I and I think for for those of us who process out loud, I mean that's that's the way I that's the way I process. I tend to talk through things or write yeah, through them or think through them. Yeah, kind of. Like, this conversation is great for me. Uh, it's in in doing that though, you, you arrive at about fifteen incomplete opinions before you get to a place where you kind of have nuanced through things. And so, in a reactive context. You end up getting shot down over and over again, or you sound like an idiot over and over again, when all you're really doing is trying to collect and process all these pieces of information, like the perspectives of all the different sides and the speed yeah. with which it happened, and what was the actual injustice. In this case, it seems to be a legitimate ill treatment of students, or, or, or at least an unhealthy culture in terms of racial relations. So all of those things, and I guess I don't, I don't have a point as much as to say – as much as to agree with you and say, yeah, we, we need to be able to process because we'll be incomplete, incomplete, incomplete mm-hmm. until we get to a place where we have a better understanding. But usually that's three weeks after it stopped being news. Yeah, for real. Well, guys, speaking of stopping being news, we need to, uh, to probably draw an end to this, uh, to this beautiful baby episode of, uh, of the happy. Yes, Rant, you said so. baby. We've been short on babies this whole episode. I know, man. And- I was, I was, uh, you know, just really, Really mindful of that, Barnabas, because I, I, I do this for the listeners, and, uh, and if the listeners and don't six like of them something, complained. Then, I, then I change my entire approach because that's how I live my life. So I, I do think that in the in the uh, for the sake of authenticity, for the yeah. sake of of being who you are and you doing you, I think I think you need to call Ronnie baby at least twice between now and the sign off, just because that's that's how this works. No, I'm not going to do that because there is no actual me. You know what I mean? I'm I'm whatever the listeners want me to be. So <laughs> that's the nature of the entertainment a business. A true chameleon. That's, that's the reality of the of of this business, which you you lose your soul to it. You know, you lose your personhood. I think to podcasting in the midst of of all the fame and all the money and all the all the you know deals all on cell glory. phone repair that that we're experiencing, guys. Big T, we're all just actors. That's what you're saying. We're all actors, Ronnie. This is all a stage. You know, we're we're just players. And uh, with that, guys, we've wandered, uh, we've wandered to and fro. Uh, so until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. I found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to 
understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yates. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend. In my new podcast, Billy and the Goat, I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.